0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Canucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Justin Morissette, and this is your Locked On Canucks for Saturday, October 19th. And I did not uh, get come back to you with a review of Thursday's game against the St. Louis Blues. A gutsy effort to come back and win that one in the shootout with a spectacular move from Josh Levo to win it. My goodness, that was an exciting game. That... Honestly showed uh, the kind of character that you would think this team had before, of course, they go and get shut out by a team they should have beat, uh, the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey this morning, today being Saturday, of course, as you listen to this. Maybe you've already seen what is still to come ahead because the Canucks have another early morning game on Sunday as they take on the New York Rangers to close out the uh, series of games back-to-back in New York, or the New York area, I should say. Uh, I'll be back with you to break down that morning game again tomorrow afternoon. We'll be joined by another guest to do that as well, as the guests just keep on coming here on Locked on Canucks. Today, my guest is none other than Jackson McDonald, who uh, you might know the managing editor of Canucks Army. Of course, my last guest, Thomas Trance, formerly a managing editor of Canucks Army as well, and I'm sure I will have several guests down the line in the future who have held that title. It is a factory of talent uh, in this city, and uh, no better person to talk to about where this team is at after the last couple of days than Jackson McDonald, and why not just uh, get right into it? Why don't we? Without further ado, my conversation on Locked on Canucks with none other than the pig fighter himself, Jackson McDonald. My guest today is the managing editor of Canucks Army and one of the three hosts of the Roxy Fever podcast, Jackson McDonald. Joining me, Jackson, uh, first of all, early morning, I'm sure, for a guy like you to, to Is that a little out of your schedule to wake up and watch that game in New Jersey?
1: Uh, believe it or not, my uh, day job, I work at uh, 6 in the morning. So I, uh, I actually had to, like... Cut out early to be able to catch it, but I was able to do that. So I, I would say it, it was nice that I was able to do that, but uh, actually just almost ended up falling asleep while I was watching the game, so
0: that would be a lie. <laughs> I just thought you were, might be going to be one of the, uh, like my people, when the normies find out that we have a hard time waking up for 10 a.m. games, it's, what? What kind of <laughs> schedule are you keeping? Well, some of us uh, work service jobs well into the night, but um, yeah. that's yeah. N- neither here <laughs> nor there, I suppose. i got to cover two games with you today, Jackson, because I haven't done a podcast since they beat the Blues as well, but... Uh, Let's just talk about the season as a whole, I guess, to this point because uh, there's been some positives and obviously some negatives to take away from how they've performed thus far in the season. And it seems like people are kind of seeing what they want to see, no matter which side of the coin they fall on, and uh, you know, yeah. e- using everything that's happened as uh, confirmation that uh, they've been correct in their takes, no matter what. So um, I- I'm sure that you've been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, and uh, because of uh, I know you've been listening, I want you to tell me all of the ways in which I have been wrong so far.
1: <laughs> um, boy, that's 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 tough. Um, I do. I mean, I can tell you that I can tell you one thing. You're right about, which is that everybody has kind of decided that this uh, this hockey team is the equivalent of the, the the sports equivalent of the Joker movie, where everyone is just going to project their own thoughts and feelings onto uh, this thing and say that that's what it is um as far as like what you've been wrong about um i i can't say that anything i've heard you say has been too out of line um i think maybe you've been more positive about the overall outlook than i am but we're what 7 games into the season i think it's too early to really get on people too much for for anything that they that they say, other than just uh, for reading too much into a small sample size, which is pretty much what everyone is doing right now
0: well I feel like I am trying to lean into being a little bit hopeful about this young yeah. group and what they're capable of whereas you are sticking by what might have been my better judgment in years previous and just having a uh, kind of a the cynical outlook that that everything that can go wrong for this team will go wrong because that's exactly what has happened typically over the last you know better part of a decade at this point so you know uh, it's it depends on your outlook and I'm not saying that I don't uh, you know entirely uh, agree with uh, with how you see things as well because there's certainly that but like you said yes and like I said to start we're so early in in this season that you know everything is correct at the same time it's impossible c- to kind of know uh, what this team is gonna be in the long run you can pick up samples of, of whatever you want to see in it but you know there's been some positive signs I, if we go back to the game on Thursday night in st. Louis uh, uh, you know I, against the team that is the reigning Stanley Cup champion who even though I have still question marks even after they won the championship (laughs) they are the champs and they have a roster built to win that way in the postseason i believe that is a game that in years previous when we want to talk about you know this team is different this year stuff like that is proof the fact that they were able to come back and win that game and yes they win it in the shootout but that is a game that last season and the season before they for sure are losing
1: absolutely yeah they uh they probably didn't deserve to win that game, but they played well enough to win, which would not have been the case, uh, certainly any year before last year, um, uh, out of the last five or so. Um, I mean, I think that these, uh, sorry. I think that, that ultimately I thought that there were a range of outcomes that were possible for this season. And so far, it's basically gone right down the middle of what I thought those outcomes could be. Um, A lot of guys have played well. They look better than they do last year. Um, And on a couple of occasions, they've also looked like they still have a lot of room before... uh, or A lot of ground to cover, rather, before they are really going to be the team that they want to be. So... Um, I think that this New Jersey game serves as a perfect contrast to all the positives of the game that they played in St. Louis. Um, but it's a it's also a weird sort of reverse image where they maybe arguably deserved a slightly better fate than the one that they got just based on how poorly New Jersey played. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it all just comes back to feeling like it's just so early to really make any strong inferences yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, if this New Jersey game was the season opener, I'd probably have much different emotions about it than I ultimately <laughs> do because we've seen that this team can be better than this. And, the, you know, these early starts, not just difficult for me to wake up at uh, 10 a.m., but for this team to travel over to the East Coast and play a game at 1 o'clock Eastern, you know, they always seem to do badly in these afternoon games. I can think of, like, so many classic poor performances in primetime afternoon games over the years. Most of of them wind up being against pittsburgh for some reason but uh like th- this has just been a thing that happens over and over and over again and yes you know this game this game i mean there's there's a lot of reaction coming out of this game now i suppose jackson and one of them is about alex edler and the elbow to the head that he landed on um i can't even remember the name of the player who took the hit honestly uh, i can't either i'll be a hundred percent honest with you yeah <laughs> And, like, we both watched this game. We saw that hit. I, I cannot believe there are people right now who are up in arms about, you know, Alex Edler being a dirty player. It's Alex Edler, you know? Yeah. You'd think that by now, if he was a dirty player, he would have that rep. He's not busting out his uh, his cheap shots in old age, I don't think.
1: No, it's and it's funny, too, because he's technically, you know, he's been suspended a couple times for, for hits. And which, you know, makes him technically a repeat offender, but he's probably the, you know, he's probably got the least ugly reputation of any repeat offender in the league. I, I don't think of, of, I don't think Alex Edler registers as a dirty Blair to anyone really. Um, you know, I saw the hit. It just looked kind of like an unfortunate accident Um he obviously meant to hit him, but I don't think he meant for the outcome to turn out that way. I don't know it. There was a penalty assessed, so to me, that's end of story. Um, if they had missed it, then we might have an argument here about whether there needs to be supplemental di- discipline. But to me, it's just—I guess everybody just watched this game and it was so boring that they had to come out of it with a take or, uh, um, an agenda or something because I just watched the game and was immediately like, well, that's two and a half hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. I guess I'll go do something else now. <sighs> um, but you know, I, 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 have the luxury of being able to do that. I'm not, I'm not like you. I don't have to be on the radio and, uh, you know, fill airtime or whatever. So I guess I, I can't hold it against too many people, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it either.
0: Now, the ticket-buying experience can be a dirty deal sometimes, as what you buy might not get you in the door. But you don't have to worry about all that when you're buying tickets through the Vivid Seats mobile app. That's right, every ticket guaranteed to be good, and that's not all. With the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert or show or hockey game of your choice and earn credit towards your next live event as well. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to, and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase, as I mentioned, backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. So download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Just enter promo code Post season at checkout to receive a discount of up to one hundred dollars. I'm, I'm fully with you that this was an extremely boring game this morning, but <laughs> but there is a take that you can come away with it, and it's a positive one too. So we don't even have to get riled up and mad, which I mean you know I like to do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so me too. <laughs> And that take is like, look, they have found this out a little bit early, uh, probably through negative circumstances. That we're probably never going to know why Jacob Markstrom had to step away from the team. I-, I would think that this game was probably always scheduled to be a Thatcher Demko start, but he is like the one guy that you can come out of a one nothing loss. And feel pretty good about, because like, that's three games in a row now, and yes, the Detroit Red Wings are the Detroit Red Wings, and yes, he gave up an ugly goal against the St. Louis Blues, but on the whole, over three starts in a row, Thatcher Demko looks like a quality NHL goalie, and that has to be a huge positive sign out of this entire week.
1: Well, the, the goaltending in general has been the, the significant factor at play here over the first stretch of games and i'm surprised that it hasn't been talked about more um the canucks still have a winning record and they absolutely do not have that if not for the play of jacob markstrom and thatcher demko and i know going into the year something i was talking about was how many things would have to go right for the canucks to make the playoffs this year which is obviously their intention if you look at the moves they made over the season. Um and the the big thing that kept coming up over and over again was the goaltending can't just be okay and it can't just be one guy. It has to be both guys playing at the top of their ability. And that's what we've seen so far. They both have a save percentage over nine twenty and um they've both easily Saved games and goals so far for the Canucks, and and it, it there's just no other way to put it. Like it, it has, it's been a, a an extremely positive storyline so far. Uh,
0: I I feel like people are starting to push back on the idea that this year is different because yes, the Canucks got off to a hot start last year as well, but the circumstances of these starts are radically different. The Canucks last year were carried by the kids. They were you know, pushed to a, a pretty favorable record through the first 10 to 15 games entirely because Elias Patterson's first 10 games are largely what pushed him on to the Calder. Like, yes, he was the best Absolutely. rookie overall last year, but he was so insanely good for the first 10 games of the season last year, a completely unsustainable start uh, to an entire career, never mind a season. This year, The goaltending wasn't there to start the year last year. Like, Markstrom, if he did change, if he did improve over the course of the year, that came months into the season. This year, this is a team that has been carried by their depth scoring and their goaltending thus far. And that is, I think, reason to believe that this could be a different year. Because you look at Patterson, you look at Besser, you look at Horvat; They have not had the starts that might be expected of them that's going to come, right? Like, those guys are your dependable scorers on this team. And Petey's shot is there. It's just a little off the mark. He missed the net a bunch of yeah. times today. When when these little details get ironed out, this team is still going to be good. And, you know, all of the things that we're thinking about them now, that this kind of uh, production from the lower level of the, of the roster and this kind of goaltending might not be sustainable, the, the things that are hampering them right now are not sustainable either.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think... I was not 100% sold on the company line going into this year, which was that this team was going to be better. I wasn't completely convinced. I was pretty sure, but you watch enough Canucks hockey over enough years, you can really easily convince yourself that everything is just going to go wrong. Um, And I will say that I I know a lot of people seem to think that, you know, because they've been carried by areas of their team that were a problem for them in years past, that once, you know, Pedersen and Horvat and Besser get going, that this team is going to be really good. And I would say that I'm not necessarily convinced that everything is going to come together at the same time uh, and that this team is going to push for a playoff spot. But I will say that they absolutely do look the best they've looked really even since Jim Benning took over as general manager. I know that team in 2014-15 technically made the playoffs, but they probably shouldn't have. They weren't a great team. Um, this is,
0: They got carried this, in by Eddie Lack.
1: Yeah, exactly. This, this, is a, this does feel different from prior years because it has been a team effort. That's gotten them their wins so far. It hasn't just been one guy. It hasn't just been Besser or Pedersen. It's been the goaltenders. It's been the play of um, sort of more or less unheralded forwards in their lineup and the play of the defense, which has been um, really quite good so far.
0: Do we... uh, Well, actually, let's stay on that defense for a second because I know you, like I, uh, were awful critical of the Tyler Myers sign-in and probably said a bunch of uh, heated things about Tyler Myers over the course of the summer. Do we have to eat some crow here or is uh, there still time yet for him to come back down to earth?
1: I mean, if he plays like this for five years, I will eat crow in five years. (laughs) But the way I sort of feel... Because I have a feeling this is going to come up um, a lot this year with a lot of the guys that they acquired and a lot of the moves that they made is that Tyler Myers can play well and it can still be a bad signing. I, 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 I think that can very easily get sort of lost in the shuffle. Um, it, Myers has looked pretty good so far. He's looked towards the high end of what I would have expected from him in his first year. But the problem is going to be years three, four, five of that contract. It's not the play, not the player he is right now. Um, that being said, I was also pretty sure that, that, there, that he would just join the team and we would immediately see all these flaws in his game. Oh, I
0: was expecting and, him to be the, uh, the Louis Erickson of defensemen big time. Yeah,
1: me too. And that hasn't been the case. So, I, I will I'd be willing to say that he's been better than I expected, but it's not gonna be enough to to change my mind on the totality of the deal. And and, and that's always been my criticism of, of this Canucks regime. It's always been that they might get a player who is twenty percent better than the player he's replacing. The issue is that they, they'll they'll pay 50 or 100 percent more to get that player and in the long run that's gonna cause them trouble and i i do think they're headed for trouble we just might get to see some decent fun hockey uh in the meantime
0: all right well i'm gonna I'm gonna park that doom and gloom for now because I got a couple <laughs> couple quick questions for you before we gotta wrap up um, do, do we need to start considering Mackenzie Blackwood to be a uh, Canuck killer on the level of Milan Hayduk back in the day entirely different position but this is two games against this team in this calendar year and he has shut them out both times
1: I, I just think the arena in New Jersey is cursed <laughs> they never play well there I, and and it's it's, it defies any sort of logic. When, it, when the Canucks were good, and the and the, the Devils have been bad for so long, um, they still had trouble in that building. So I uh, it could definitely be that Blackwood is a Canuck color, but I'm more willing to just pin it on the building. They, they play terribly there and have for years.
0: I mean, there might be something to that, because I would think that going to New Jersey when you're staying in the New York area all weekend, might be their longest bus ride of the season. Which I know is still not a long bus ride, but yeah, it's still something. Yeah, uh, and,
1: and, and also just the fact that you are going to New Jersey.
0: <laughs> I mean, that, that sucks the life out of everyone, yeah. obviously. It's like the swamp from uh, NeverEnding Story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, before we wrap up, i got to ask you about the biggest story to come out of this game, which after the game, the New Jersey Devils uh, awarded uh, Jack Hughes, their player of the game honor, which are aviator shades and a flight jacket, and his oh, nickname God. is Lil Jizzy. That's, somebody's got to be,
1: like, somebody, he doesn't know what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's he's what, like... Fourteen. Then somebody, somebody definitely is playing a trick on him. Like I,
0: I, we're, we're calling Quinn Huggy Bear, or the the players in the room are, anyways, here in Vancouver. Yeah. But that, I mean, even that I mean, sounds a little bit like a drug dealer, perhaps.
1: <laughs> What's <laughs> the? Na- it's uh It's the name of a pimp from Starsky and Hutch.
0: Of right? course, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they're in on the joke about Quinn Hughes being on mid constantly <laughs> as well
1: yeah no that's absolutely that's absolutely where he got that nickname because I mean most of those uh, most of those players are not old enough to remember the original Starsky and Hutch TV show, but they certainly remember the movie with uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson and Snoop Dog. Huggy Bear is played by Snoop Dogg, who is uh, you know the one of the great chronic <laughs> users of all time, so I'm, I guarantee you it is a marijuana related nickname. And uh, you know they just can't say that explicitly.
0: So of course, of course. And the other thing is, uh, the trust the process, boys. Wyatt and Jabo have been calling Quinn Maverick all oh. summer long as well. So Jack is stepping on his gimmick there too. This this photo from Ban's right. Instagram is just tripping me up all over the place. Yeah, it was a, it was just a strange post all around hockey players should
1: they shouldn't be allowed to name anything or just be anywhere near hockey player names are always terrible so uh yeah i i can't say that i'm surprised exactly but uh yeah i i, I gotta think somebody's playing a trick on him or something i i i can't i refuse to believe it's anything else
0: all right jackson well thanks for doing this man i really appreciate you taking the time today
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on,
0: man. That's your Locked On Canucks for Saturday. Of course, big thanks to my guest, Jackson McDonald, for coming on out and uh, helping me put the thing together. I'll be back again tomorrow with another guest to break down Sunday morning's action against the New York Rangers, as I said off the hop. We also very briefly at the end there touched on uh, Mallory, a good friend of ours and a good uh, member of Canucks Twitter. At sports underscore lesbian Mallory's theory that uh, Quinn Hughes is uh, permanently stoned given the expression on his face at all times that he smokes uh, (laughs) that Quinn Hughes smokes mid. That's Mallory's bit. I don't want to step on it. It is very funny. You can hear her explain the entire thing on the puck bunnies podcast and she's very much worth a follow on twitter as well And like i said on the last show do want to uh encourage you if you do enjoy the program and you uh want to uh, support it you can of course tell people that it exists but you can also head on over to wherever you find this podcast whether that's the uh apple store or uh you know, apple podcasts whatever uh, stitcher wherever it is you get this thing spotify even can you leave reviews on spotify i don't even know Go and leave me a review if you're so inclined. Uh, I would really appreciate it, and it certainly helps the show and it helps people find the show, notice the show, all that good stuff. Uh, I will talk to you again tomorrow. Until then, I am and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you're locked in on Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.